Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. There's an old joke that's told about a Presbyterian pastor who went to the Lord in prayer. And he said, okay, God, is it true that from your perspective, a thousand years is like just one second? And God responded, well, the scriptures actually say that a thousand years is like a day, but the analogy holds up. So yeah, you can say that's true. And then he said, and is it true that with you, a billion dollars is like just one penny? And the Lord said, you are a Presbyterian pastor, aren't you? <laughs> and he said, yes, that analogy holds up as well. A billion dollars is like a penny. And so the pastor said, all right, Lord, can I please have one of your pennies? And God said, sure, just a second. <laughs> yeah, I know, it was pretty bad. Your pastor would never tell a joke like that, I know. He would, okay, good. Sometimes we become disappointed at the way that God answers prayer. Sometimes it seems like God doesn't answer prayer as we would expect God to answer prayer. Sometimes we even feel like giving up on talking to God because we don't always get what we want, when we want it, and the way we want it. But as we look back on our lives, and as we look back on the ways in which God has answered our prayers, it's easy to understand that God doesn't answer our prayers as we expect. Rather, God answers our prayers far beyond our expectations. And this is something that the royal official in this morning's scripture passage from the Gospel of John experienced. Now, the Gospel of John was originally written in Greek. Everybody knows that, right? Okay, you've been told this by Presbyterian pastors for a lot of time. Okay. In the original Greek translation of the Gospel of John, the word for royal official is basilikos. Basilikos comes from the Greek word basileos, which means king. This person worked for a king. He wasn't the centurion who had a prayer answered for his son in a similar way. There's been some confusion about whether it was the same person or two different people. In this passage, the person works for a Jewish king, and Jesus says, you people are constantly looking for signs in order to believe. So the idea is that this person was Jewish and not Roman. He wasn't a Gentile. In the Gospel of Luke, a royal official is mentioned being, mar being married to one of Jesus' followers who was named Joanna. And some people think, well, maybe it was that guy. In the, God, in the book of Acts, Luke also writes about a royal official, and some people think, well, maybe it's that guy. We don't know who the royal official was for sure, but we do know that he worked for a king. He worked for King Herod Agrippa. King Herod Agrippa was the son of King Herod the Great. King Herod the Great was the one who tried to kill all of the baby boys in Bethlehem and the surrounding area after the Magi visited him and said, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? That's the kind of family that Herod Agrippa belonged to. King Herod Agrippa was also the one who beheaded John the Baptist. 
And King Herod Agrippa was the one who met with Jesus on Good Friday and scorned him along with all of his officials and even put a cloak on Jesus, a robe on him. The scriptures say it was a magnificent robe. It could have been a purple robe like kings are supposed to wear because Jesus was being scorned as the king of the Jews. So this is who the royal official worked with. This is the environment in which he lived. Now, the royal official lived in the village of, of Capernaum on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. This is where King Agrippa was in charge. He was in charge of Galilee, that region. He was also in charge of Perea, which is east of the Jordan River. When the royal official heard that Jesus had come into the area of Galilee and was in the village of Cana, up in a hilly area where he had changed water into wine at a wedding, the royal official decided to go to meet with Jesus. And he had to travel 16 and a half miles to get there. But it was worth it because his son was about to die. He had heard that Jesus had been doing miracles going to people and putting, laying his hands on them. And because of touching them and praying for them, Jesus was able to do things like raise people from the dead and heal the blind, heal people who weren't able to walk, cast out demons, all sorts of miracles. And so he thought, if I could only get to Jesus and convince him to come with me back to Capernaum, he can lay hands on my son and my son might live. So he makes the journey. He travels the 16 and a half miles. He sees Jesus and he said, Sir, please come down with me to the shore of the Sea of Galilee to Capernaum where my son is sick and about to die. And Jesus says, Go, your son will live. And how does the royal official respond? Does he say, Well, that's not how I expect you to answer this prayer. I expect you to come with me and lay hands on my son, just like you laid hands on all these other people that you healed. Or does he say, you know what? King Herod Agrippa was right. You're just not worth following. You don't do what's expected. You can't really do a miracle, can you? Or does he say, I don't even know why I traveled 16 and a half miles. It wasn't worth it. You know what? For forget about it. I'm just going to go home by myself. No, he doesn't do any of that. The scriptures say that he took Jesus at his word and he went back home. And as he was traveling home, going 16 and a half miles back home, his servants start coming back up the road to meet him with the news that his son had been healed. And he said, he's been healed? Well, what time did this happen? Well, it happened at the seventh hour yesterday. At seventh hour yesterday, that's when Jesus said that our, my son would live. He really did answer this prayer. Not as I expected, but he really did answer this prayer. I am so glad that I took Jesus at his word. But that's not the end of the story. The scriptures go on to tell us that this royal official believed, and his whole household believed, including his son. 
The Greek word that's used for belief in the Bible is pistis. It also means faith or trust. This royal official and his son and the rest of the household put their faith in Jesus and they believed in Jesus. The royal official was looking for a physical healing for his son. And Jesus healed people physically of all sorts of things. And he still heals people physically of all sorts of things. But his son, in addition to experiencing physical healing, experienced spiritual healing. He came to be a follower of Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. So this royal official would not only be able to enjoy being with his son who would live here on earth, the royal official would be able to enjoy eternity with his son when they eventually ended up in heaven together. Jesus answered his prayer far beyond his wildest expectations. Now God loves it when we come to him in prayer. God loves to hang out with us. It's hard to imagine, but God loves it when we talk to him. God loves it when he hears our voices. God loves it when we open up our hearts to him. This is why we're encouraged in 1 Thessalonians to pray without ceasing. It's good for us to pray without ceasing, and God loves to hear us without ceasing. But God doesn't always answer our prayers the way we expect. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes God says no. And sometimes God says wait, because we are not yet ready for a yes or a no. When I was in high school, I used to pray to God, oh Lord, please have this girl say yes when I ask her out on a date. And she would say no. Or, Oh, Lord, please have this girl fall in love with me because she is the one. And I know, even though I'm 15 years old, this is the one I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life with. And God would say no, because he was protecting these girls from me. He was saying yes to their father's prayers. And then I went to my high school reunion. And I saw these girls, and I said, thank you, Lord, <laughs> that you said no, because God had introduced me to my wife, Kathy, and that was the greatest yes. And God had somebody else in store for these girls. When my mother was dying of ovarian cancer, I prayed. And I said, God, please heal her of cancer. Please remove all of the cancer cells from her body. And then she died. And I was really angry at God. I was hugely disappointed. And it took me a long time to get over that. I didn't even want to pray anymore. I thought, you know, you just really let me down with that one. And then in time, I began to realize that God did answer my prayer, not by taking all of the cancer away from my, my, my mother's body so that she could have a cancer-free body here on earth. Instead, God decided to answer that prayer by taking my mother away from the cancer and giving her a cancer-free body in heaven. 
I would have preferred that she had a cancer-free body here on Earth, to be honest with you. I'm glad that now she has a cancer-free body in heaven. That's how God answered that prayer. So we can trust God to answer our prayers, even though it's not how we expect God to answer our prayers. We can take Jesus at his word. He will always take care of us, and he will always answer our prayers. For example, when Jesus says, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear. Don't worry about it. God's got it. He's going to take care of you. We can take Jesus at his word and let go of all that anxiety. When Jesus says in Matthew 28, I will be with you always, we can take him at his word. He will be with us always. When Jesus says in John 14, I'm going to prepare a place for you in heaven, we can take him at his word. He did prepare a place for us in heaven, and it's waiting for us someday. Now, many folks here have come to the conclusion that yes, got it. We can take Jesus at his word, makes sense. So kids, time for lunch, right? Others here are just now starting to come to the conclusion that we really can take Jesus at his word. Others here are starting to realize that yeah, Jesus does answer prayers. Maybe not as we expect, but maybe he can be trusted. And you're wondering why. What's happening with the change in me? I don't understand why I'm starting to think that maybe all of this is true. I'm not really understanding why I'm getting to the place where I can take Jesus at his word. I mean, I'm glad, but I don't really understand why. The reason is that there are people who have been praying for you, praying that you will be able to trust in Jesus praying that you will become a believer and place your faith in Jesus. You may not know who these people are, or maybe they're sitting right next to you, but God is working to answer those prayers even now. When I was in Iraq with a Marine Corps helicopter squadron, I was invited one day to go flying in one of the helicopters as we went out on a night mission. And so that meant I had to go to the place where they were checking out the flight gear and, and get a, a helmet with a little radio thing inside and some night vision goggles and all sorts of really cool stuff. So I was getting all of this stuff from a Marine who was a woman. And she said to me, chaplain, I have a confession to make. And I said, look, I'm not that kind of chaplain. I'm a Protestant <laughs> chaplain. <laughs> and she said, why, can I still talk to you? Yes, you can still talk to me. I said, what, what's up? And she said, I haven't been to church in over a year. And so I said, well, were you baptized? And she said, oh, yeah. And I said, did you receive your first Holy Communion? Because I was figuring she's Catholic. And, oh, yeah, I did that. I said, were you, were you confirmed? And she said, no. And I said, well, you want to know what confirmation is in a nutshell? And she said, yeah, what? And I said, knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I said, all right, in the Catholic Church, you were brought up to believe that there is a God, right? Yes. God loves us. Yes. God created us. Yes. God wants us to live forever. Yeah, that's all true. Okay, good. 
And so God looked out on us and saw that all of us were sinners. We were all doing stuff that we're not supposed to do. And we don't do stuff that God asked us to do. It's called a sin. And the Bible says that every time we sin, there's a, a penalty. It's a death penalty. It's not like going to be carried out here on earth, because if it was, we'd all be dead, right? Because we're all sinners. He's talking about hell, going to hell for forever. Now, on a good day, I only sin once, which means that in a good year, I have only sinned 365 times. I have never had a good year. You just ask my wife. <laughs> so this means that every year, I come up with 365 one-way tickets to hell, 365 death penalties. But God doesn't want us to go to hell because God created us to live with him here on earth and forever in heaven. And God loves us. So what God did was God the Father sent God the Son to come to earth. He was born of the Virgin Mary. His name is Jesus. He died on the cross on Good Friday so that our sins would be forgiven, so that the death penalties for all of our sins would be paid for, so all those one-way tickets to hell would be ripped up. And then Jesus rose from the dead on Easter Sunday. The Bible also says that if we ask God to forgive us of all of our sins because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, our sins will be forgiven. And the Bible says that Jesus is knocking at the door of our hearts. And if we open up that door and ask Jesus to come in, he will come into our hearts through the Holy Spirit and live inside of us and enable us to follow him from the inside. He will be our Lord or the master or the ruler of our lives. So would you like to ask Jesus to be your Lord and your savior who saves you from having to go to hell? And she said, well, yeah, what do I got to do? And I said, well, we're going to pray. I'll say the words out loud and you pray them silently from your heart. Okay, you ready? And she said, yeah. And then this other Marine said, wait, 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 wait. I want to pray too. That guy had been eavesdropping. <laughs> and so we prayed together. And they both came to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so she said, well, what, what do I do now? And I said, well, when you get back home, go to your mom's church. Go to church with your mom, the Catholic church. Is that that's where you go? Yeah, go with my mom. Okay, go with your church with your mom and tell the Catholic priest everything that just happened. You know, you're in Iraq, you're hanging out with this Protestant, he said this, you prayed. <laughs> and she said, well, is he gonna be mad at me? And I said, no, he's gonna be really happy. He's probably gonna sign you up for confirmation class. And she said, okay. And I said, so there is something else I think you might wanna do, and she said, what? And I said, when you talk to your mom, tell her what you just did. And she said, okay. And I wonder what she's gonna think. I said, she might be happy. And so, okay. So a couple weeks later, I'm walking up by the flight line and she comes running up to me, chaplain, chaplain. I said, what? And she said, I, I called my mom. And I said, yeah. And I told her everything that just happened. And I said, okay, how'd it go? She started crying. She was so happy. She told me that she'd been praying that I would do this. Her mother took Jesus at his word when Jesus said in John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Believes 
comes up again in John 3.16. The word pistis in Greek, faith, trust. When we believe in Jesus, when we trust in him, when we place our faith in him, we are saved from having to go to hell. We won't perish, but we will have everlasting life. The Marine's mother believed this and she prayed it for her daughter. And God answered her prayer in a very unexpected way while her daughter was in Iraq talking to a Protestant chaplain and some other Marine was eavesdropping and they both came to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. God answers our prayers far beyond our expectations. We can take Jesus at his word. So for those of you who have just been called by God, <laughs> even when your phones are on silent, you can, he's still calling. For those of you who have come to the conclusion, you know, this seems right. This seems true. I'm ready to ask Jesus to come live in my heart. We can pray together and we can do this together. I'll say the words out loud. You pray them silently from your heart to God. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org. As you go from here, I encourage you to remember that moment by moment, step by step, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is with you. You can take him at his word and you can trust him to always care for you and to be involved with all of your prayers. Amen.